at least for this week, Doctor, the hype is real. Browns oh. minus three and a half. You're going to regret that one. I did regret it. Right around the time someone named Brandon Allen followed up a 21-yard touchdown pass with a 75-yard touchdown pass to take a 14-3 lead over those Browns uh, early in the second quarter. And I regretted something else as well from last week. But before we get there, this is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. And the other thing that I regretted was the use or abuse of the term essentially before every hot take I went into or conclusion or whatever. In a few weeks back, I had to ban myself from the uh, same use of saying interestingly enough or oddly enough before like every little tidbit I was uh, talking to the doctor about when we did our pick segment. And again, this week I'm going back listening and catch myself thinking, God, this I wish this guy would just shut up. What is with this essentially thing? And I went, wait, that's you. You don't, you don't want yourself to shut up. But I did and I need to. So I'm now banning myself from using the word essentially moving forward for the rest of the year. Uh, and I probably have to turn it into like, you know, probably hear me say basically, you know, 10 or 12 times uh, this week. So anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, we're going to open up as always with the college football DFS segment after we always go to the pick segment with the doctor to cover a, we got a five game board in college and then a 13 game board for the pros. We have uh, plenty to get to. Let's do it. All right. Welcome in one and all to the college football DFS segment. Here I will do uh, a recap of the work on fake pigskin where I do one post covering DraftKings for the day and night contest, so two posts in total each week there. Make sure you go there, check it out, uh, and all the other great content on that platform. Last week would have been the perfect week to start in because the games kind of sucked, and you know why not make it a little more uh, enjoyable, a little more interesting, and add on to even all the other uh, you know degenerate gambling on the games you do. So, um, and also it would have been a good week because it did pretty well. First in the day, uh, Hassan Haskins was that uh, key foundational piece I identified first that I wanted to build around, running back for Michigan. Didn't have as big of a day as I was hoping for uh, in in kind of a really nice matchup, good game script type of projection for him. But at his price at uh, about, I think, 4,100, which is real low for what kind of workload he could have gotten, Came away with 13, 61, and one line, and actually led uh, the team in receptions with three. <laughs> three receptions for a nine yard. So uh, I think did the job for you at the price he was at. Next was uh, I talked about David Bell, the receiver for Purdue, who's kind of stepping into the 
Rondale Moore role, role while he is out trying to uh, fill those shoes and did not have uh, a big day. The offense is kind of all over the place. Jack Plummer, uh, another quarterback for Purdue, went down. He is out for the year. They're down to their third uh, quarterback. I think Aiden O'Connell is the next guy up. But um, David Bell had a 7-20 for seven catch for 23-yard line and uh, kind of salvaged a day with a, a rushing TD um, on a reverse on a, a third and goal. A nice little uh, draw up there by uh, Jeff Brown for the game-winning touchdown over uh, just a, a dumpster fire in Nebraska. Uh, moving on to Jalen Rager, who, again, I think is just his price is not up to where it needs to be, and I think you just need to keep taking advantage. If you did last week, you were rewarded with a line of seven for 128. Uh, no touchdowns, but if Max Duggan actually could throw the ball, uh, he had one wide open, uh, would have been walking in for a touchdown, but Duggan is just kind of all over the place with his accuracy right now. Some throws are fantastic. Some are just, just you know, five to 10 yards off the mark. Uh, so um, he's a freshman. I think he's talented and will be good, but right now he's just kind of uh, really up and down. Uh, but e- either way, even this week, Rager's price still is around that like 58 or 5,900 mark. Uh, I think you just need to keep running him running him back out there. He has a floor of, I think, you know, five to seven, 70, 80 yard uh, floor. At that price, I think it's good, but really the upside. He has that he, Jamar Chase type of C.D. Lamb, you know, uh, explosiveness. He doesn't have the offenses those guys have, which is why he's not going to get the upside as much as those other receivers do. But uh, he has the ability. I mean, if I had to make one comparison to who, who's the most similar college receiver to, say, like Tyreek Hill, Rager, I think, would be it. He just he can score from anywhere at any time on the field, and just it really it just takes one play for this guy. So um, I'm gonna keep my eye on him and probably keep trotting him out there because I think he's still very way undervalued. Um, the one that hurt was Otis Anderson, the backup running back for UCF. Uh, Bentavius Thompson kind of was the touchdown vulture there. He he broke off a 43 yard touchdown run and then had another two yard TD run. So. That kind of uh, kind of spoiled Otis Anderson's day a little bit. Uh, just didn't have a very big stat line at all, and they really did a lot of damage in the passing game with three long touchdowns. Um, and actually, Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback for UCF, also had a rushing touchdown in that game. So, um, just not a not not a good game for Anderson, statistically speaking. Um, and so, I, I think that those were overall did well. The real big factor I think if you read my post at all I kind of start off by how I'm going to build lineups and then get to the okay let's talk about you know all the guys that we like if I'm picking you know the chalk and we're talking about you know the Jalen Hurts of the world the Joe Burrows all the LSU the Alabama receivers I kind of went to okay look there's no real uh all the big big teams are off this week and I said I'm rolling with AJ Dillon and Isaiah Hodges with my choices and uh, I I liked AJ Dillon, but I did not think they were going to clown Syracuse the way they did. They had uh, eight offensive touchdowns. AJ Dillon had three of them to go along with t- 
245 yards rushing on 35 carries. Um, Syracuse allowed BC as a team to rush for over 400 yards. So it was just embarrassing uh, for Syracuse and uh, awesome for me and awesome for AJ Dillon. So uh, that was great. And then uh, Isaiah Hodgins also just kind of had another big game against those weaker Pac-12 defenses with Arizona. He had a seven uh, catch 150 yard two touchdown day. So I think if you really stuck to the nuts and bolts of what I was saying with the main targets and built your way up to like guys like Hodgins and Dylan, uh, I think you probably cash. I did cash most of my lineups. Didn't have any real big days because I think that Otis Anderson miss uh, just kept me from getting there. But um, nonetheless, finished above the cash line. I felt pretty good about that. Uh, so that was the day and brings us to the night slate where, uh, again, I, everything I think went pretty well. The one big setback I had was the Tavian Feaster pick running back for South Carolina who was really excited about the day he was had in the price. Going to have that cowbell roll against a bad Vanny defense. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, he gets hurt in the first couple series and tries to come back into the game a few times and just ends up uh, sitting out. So, uh, you know, it happens. It, it sucks when it does happen, but it, it's going to happen every week. So um, it was just unfortunate for him and for uh, for me, more importantly. But um, so that didn't work. The rest, however, uh, was nice in trying to speculate who was going to kind of pick up the slack in the SMU offense with Reggie Roberson being out uh one of their main receivers along with James Prochet. And I, I was saying that I like this tight end Kylan Granson to be it. I think he's the most logical choice. He had a really nice low price of about $4,000. He finished with a uh, 477 two touchdown line. So um, at that price, definitely got you value. And the real story was the freshman Rasheed Rice came away with seven catches for 122 yards. And these guys are in the day contest this week. So um, I, I think you want to keep an eye on both those guys. They, they still have uh, fairly relatively low prices uh, for what they could get in that offense uh, in a really nice matchup this week. So uh, definitely keep your eyes on them. So the SMU plays was good. Um, I did talk about uh, Brian Edwards for South Carolina a little bit and versus him and LaVisca Chenault versus Joe Reed and why that was just a weird pricing situation and uh, Edwards had a huge day some like 13 catches 150 yards and then um, something that was a bit overlooked uh, probably by you know a lot of people but definitely myself included was kind of a sneaky shootout that occurred in uh, the North Carolina Virginia game and he got five total touchdowns from Bryce Perkins uh, the Virginia quarterback and then out of nowhere uh, 13 catch, 146 yard day from wideout Terrell Jana. So I, that was out of nowhere. Not really know what to think there yet, uh, but just something to kind of be aware of. Uh, maybe maybe we're seeing the the beginning of a kind of a breakout player. So that was the night slate, and uh, I I ended up doing well again. I cashed in most of the lineups because uh, I kind of just. Targeted that SMU game, which uh, really lived up to the hype. 54-48 to 48 final score, I believe. Um, and the other big storyline, I think, from the night contest was uh, DJ Williams is the back to have in the Auburn backfield as long as Booby Whitlow is sidelined. So um, 
yeah, I, overall, I was I was happy with the night contest for the first time in a few weeks, uh, and, and came away with a little bit of profit there. So um, again, look this week. Uh, each Friday, I will post the day contest uh, breakdown that I have, and then usually sometimes Saturday morning or before the well, before kickoff of the noon games, I will have that night contest out there for you as well on fakepigskin.com. We have all the, the chalky teams are back this week. In fact, Bam and LSU are facing each other. So uh, it should just be a really nice uh, nice Saturday with uh, some uh, much better board of games in general. And speaking of which, let's get to talking about those games in a little different format in the pick segment with the doctor and we're gonna talk about all the ATS goodness for you starting now. All right, as always each week, it is the pig segment I am joined by the doctor and just in case you're Listen for the first time each week. We start in college. We cover Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, USC, uh, and any of the notable games. You know, this game. There's a couple of those that we're going to mix in here as the the bigger games of the board. And um, the doctors are proud to love two of these universities. So, uh, how are you? I'm doing well, Bob. Just super excited. You know, the first week of the college fall playoff rankings were released just fire and electricity from all the analysts out there with all the debates and hypotheticals uh, it is it is so ridiculous these people do realize <laughs> like all of these teams play each other and 95 percent of these debates and hypotheticals kind of work themselves out and usually you're left with like one or two the last week of the season it's so stupid yeah, they're they're trying to sell uh, that that PJ Fleck game on Saturday. They need they need those eyeballs. That's we're gonna get it. That's our well, first game. Um, well, let's keep going. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that's. I mean, that's the funny part. Oh my gosh, Minnesota is what are they? Seventeen or sixteen? I can't remember off the top of my head. But oh, they're undefeated. Why are they so deep? Well, guys, look, they haven't played anybody, and you know what? They play Penn State. They'll play Wisconsin, and if they win those games, they will find themselves into. Big Ten Championship, and if they were to win that, they play. You know, they would launch into the playoff. Like it would work itself out if that were to happen. It's just so like stupid. Everybody reacts so hard to things like that. So just let's let's play the season out. Yeah, they look. It's all for TV, and that's yeah. I know. It's like look. It's like the rankings at the beginning of the year. They're nonsense. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. What is funny though, I would love to see. Uh, Minnesota win this game outright, and then next week somehow tr- someone have the hot take of that they should be in the playoff now. Like they're never oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, look, <laughs> they, they just beat number four. They get to replace them. Yeah. Right. They, they, they get they're undefeated. They beat number four. They're they're uh, they're a playoff team. So look, it's Penn State. They're minus seven. Uh, they're undefeated. Minnesota also undefeated, as you said, not played anybody. They are beating the shit out of everywhere they play, which is in itself uh, somewhat impressive so um yeah and we got pj fleck with his big extension uh this week as well to kind of uh, protect against the maybe the seminoles coming for him so um yeah where do you come out here on, on the pick yeah I mean, we already said it 
the goal for us has been been rolling the ball. It just hasn't been against any strong currents. Hey, um, the guy, <laughs> a win against FCS opponent, and then four teams losing records. And their strength of schedule is one all three out of one thirty. So it, whatever they've been, like you said, been beaten bad. But I don't think it's proven very much. So it's the first test of the year. Um, look, I think we know that Penn State is is really good in all facets of the game. Um, they are coming off a of bye week. Their offense is putting up almost 39 points per game, and they're averaging 425 yards per game. Uh, Clifford and Hamler have been pretty dominant. I see them just scoring a lot of points this week, and I just I don't think Minnesota can can keep up. I think this will probably get pretty lopsided. Um, uh, Penn State is 3-0 against a spread of, uh, of seven or lower, so I'm going Penn State uh, minus seven. And I, I think it gets ugly and kind of puts Minnesota back in their place. It's cute. It's fun for them. I'm happy for Flack, but I don't see much happening for them this week. Okay. You know, look, like we talked about, we just don't know anything about a lot, a lot even Penn State, to a degree. Um, you know, it's really when these teams play someone like Ohio State is maybe you find something out. But look, Minnesota, the strength of their team is running the ball. They have three good running backs that they use. Um, I think that's going to be the key is them versus the Penn State defensive front. If they can just do enough to keep Tanner Morgan in some manageable situations, I'm I'm somewhat of a Fleck uh, believer, and uh, I think he's got some juice. So I think they play well and they do enough and and keep it a close game. Penn State wins. I don't think it gets lopsided like you do. I will take the seven points at home, uh, row the boat, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think the one last thing on that game, I just think the problem is, Bob, I think it gets away from them early. Like, if it gets to a two- or three-score game, like, what's, yeah. what's Minnesota going to do? Like, what, what are they going to do? I don't know, but it's not It's not going to happen. Because P.J. Okay, Fleck well, will let it happen. PJ Fleck, I like Fleck, too. Uh, I like Fleck, too. Yeah, hopefully he's auditioning for this next game's uh, head coach's job. Uh, we go to East Lansing, and um, <laughs> we go to East Lansing, where um, Michigan State is minus 14 and a half to uh, one of the hotter teams in the Big Ten, Illinois. Uh, Lovey Smith going in here with his Illini having knocked off uh, a few weeks ago. Shocking upset. One of the more shocking upsets of the season on, on Wisconsin. And then won their next two, not against great teams, but still uh, one pretty, you know, one convincingly. And yeah, uh, they're, they're playing well. And we all know about Michigan State. There's no Daryl Stewart now on the offensive side. And I guess because we talked about this game and the line and everything a little bit already off pod, I just going to ask the question, are we kind of too close to this situation to even look at the line objectively anymore? No, and, and what you're referencing is you know, we kind of asked each other the line, what we thought it would be, and we, you, myself, and one other buddy kind of landed between three and six. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's a little too close to it, but so maybe it becomes eight or something like that. But not fourteen. This this line makes no sense. Um, can MSU even score fourteen points on the offensive side? I, I don't even know if that's possible. Another like point of this game is Illinois leads the nation with twenty two takeaways. Right. MSU has thirteen turnovers on the year, which is kind of puts them in the middle of the rankings. Like uh, nothing makes sense to me here, and it makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me in the Michigan State way. So for that reason, I'm actually going to take Michigan State minus 14 and a half because to your point, maybe we are too close to it. We're not seeing, we're not seeing something. And 
I've got to take MSU. I, I played this card last time when they played Northwestern. I was like, there's no way they're going to cover double digit spread. And Vegas is stupid. Okay, Vegas is not stupid anymore. I'm, I'm following Vegas and I'm taking MSU minus 14 and a half for, for no real reason other than Vegas because I don't see a football story here. Yeah, I, I, I can't do it. I, I just, I, it, it does make no sense to me. And I've been off before, but with, you know, guessing the line here and there by, you know, two or three points. I mean, this is almost over a touchdown. We're off here. This is eight or nine points. I'm just going, wait, what? This is 14 and a half. We were all shocked. I was in a couple of group chats uh, and everyone was like, uh, wait, what? So I don't know. Um, and Bob, outside of that, the, the, the football side of it, the program's in turmoil a little bit. Yeah. The a little the steroids, bit? yeah, yeah, whatever. But yeah, like the steroid <laughs> thing come out, like it just it's in, it just makes no sense. Football no. program wise, it's terrible. No, and, and Lovey's got these. They're hot. Hot ladies. <laughs> so much better. All right, well, look, let's get to a, an actual real football game um, with two real teams, and I love this because this is basically uh, it's basically a playoff matchup uh, mid season here, and it's likely that both these teams win or lose could end up in the college football playoff so um it is alabama crimson tide at home lane six and a half to lsu i love this game i'm probably going to dvr it and watch it uh what do you want to say about this yeah it's it's gonna be fun to watch first of all i'm assuming two has a go at this point he is likely to play trending that way right um and you're dead on. This is going to be super fun to watch. DVR, watch it twice. It'll be a good one here. Um, I think the narrative going around is you know, Bama hasn't really been tested. LSU's been tested a bunch, so there's something lost there. I don't buy into that with Bama. I mean, this, is a, this is a Nick Saban team, Nick Saban program. I mean, Nicky always has the boys um, ready to go, so I'm not buying into they, they haven't been tested. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll come to play. Um, you know, as far as the line goes and what I think, uh, Nikki is is forty and twenty nine against the spread in games against ranked opponents. Uh, so you don't get rich betting against Nikki in big games like this. Uh, you know, Bama's offense has been has been humming along, so they're going to be just fine. I think they take care of business and, and get their side of the ball done. So it kind of goes to the question of uh, of Burrow, who's looked who's looked really good, uh, no doubt about that. They're putting up points. They're playing well, but. There's nothing like playing against a Nikki defense, and, and this one may not be up to the typical Bama standards and Nikki standards, but it's still pretty darn good. Um, you know, they're ranked fourth in the nation in takeaways, uh, 13th in passing yards, and they have 19 sacks on the year. I think they give uh, this LSU more than they've LSU team more than they've seen all year. Uh, I'm a bit of a homer when it comes to Nikki, so I'm going Bama minus six and a half. Okay, I mean, look, it's. I don't think there's like a, a bad uh, take. Either way, I think it's, it makes sense uh, on either side. Uh, for me, I just think it's kind of fascinating how this matchup, if you take it uh, maybe five or six years ago when this was, uh, I think, the college, the national championship game, and the over-under on this game was like, you know, 36. Uh, and, and it was just these two defensive uh, giants going against each other. And you fast forward to 2019 and we're looking at two offenses completely uh overhauled and it's, it's offense first teams and you got a total of 63 in this game so this is almost like you know it kind of is like the kansas city rams matchup for me uh last year when they played in the nfl and 
it feels like it's just going to be really back and forth and kind of almost like, kind of like the last team to have the ball might uh, be in the best position to win. And I, I think that what you're seeing now across even the NFL uh, as well as the college ranks is just, look, when you have really well-executed offenses with high-level quarterback play, they're going to beat the good defenses. Uh, a lot of people talked about, you know, LSU, you know, being tested and, oh, they're not going to be able to maybe do what they're doing against, like, Florida's, Alabama's. Well, look, against Florida, they still put up 511 yards of offense um, against uh, a Florida defense that has two NFL cornerbacks uh, and their secondary against Auburn, another 508 yards of offense, 31st downs. So they're, look, they're, my, my point is like what you were saying about the Alabama defense. Yeah, it, do they have the athletes? Of course, but these guys are too good. The receivers are too good. Burrow is too good. They're, they're not just going to be like, they might be slowed down, but they're not going to be shut down. And on the vice versa, same with Tua. Um, so I, I think that in a game like this, I'm just going to lean on the team getting six and a half points because I think eventually when it sets in, no one will be able to really stop each other. So, um, yeah, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, their yeah. running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I just too much for them. I'm going to take the six and a half points. But only well, overall, uh, go ahead. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. I'm just going to say great, great big picture view of that game and the changing landscape of of college football we've talked about a little bit with with lsu specifically but just generally speaking that was uh well said about the the changing landscape with both these teams yeah uh it's a fascinating game anyway i'm really excited for this weekend having a nicer board of games overall i think uh we can all agree on that um speaking of that changing landscape do you remember when msu lost to arizona state 10 to 7 earlier this year Huge, I do. Huge win for Arizona State. Big win. Yo, yeah. Oh, yo, yeah. They're, they're a good team, right? Um, Great team. Well, I, I just want to update you on them. Um, last week, the Arizona State Sun Devils allowed 42 points, 27 first downs, and 217 rush yards, and were down 35 to 7 early in the third to an awful UCLA team. So, chippy, um, chippy, chippy. Yep, yep. So there is. Um, there's that Arizona State team that beat Michigan State at home 10-7. to Okay, the reason I bring them up is they are our fourth game in college because they are taking on your USC Trojans. Uh, Arizona State is minus one and a half at home. I'll let you start off this uh, just exhilarating matchup. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Fearless work. Uh, yes. Well, you kind of alluded to what I was going to say is there was a lot of hype for, for Arizona State, um, not only with the Michigan State win, but they beat Cal and they beat Washington State, and they were out to a 5-1 start. Uh, there was a lot of hype there. I think you look at three of those three wins, and there's not much going on there with any of those wins. They're, they're just kind of average, below average football teams, and they're just average wins. So the, the ASU hype is gone. Like you mentioned, UCLA lost, and they got beat by Utah 21-3 to uh, three weeks before that. So I think there's some value here with, with USC. Um, you know, I still think their offense is, is pretty dang good. Uh, they started a little bit last week with turnovers against Oregon. Um, but, you know, overall, they're still, they're still able to move the ball. Um, so I see them putting up some points this weekend. Um, and I'm going to go with USC plus uh, 1.5. Uh, also want to mention that uh, ASU has failed to cover four of their last five home games and are just three and seven against the spread in their last ten. 
All right. That's some hot ATS trend. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the, the Trojans, by the way, uh, just to confirm, they're plus the one and a half. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say minus? Yes, you did. But uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, you can edit that. I'll be editing that. Um, so, uh, listen, this is just like two mediocre Pac-12 teams. So it's a, it's a complete toss-up, which the line suggests. Uh, I'm just going to take the team that is at home coming off two losses and a bye to uh you know play up here in a spot where they should you know play good uh, for once in a while so arizona state minus one and a half is the pick and we're going to finish it off in the evening with uh not a great board of, of night games but uh you know whatever uh th- this is kind of i guess the the marquee game it's, it's the notre dame fighting irish they're laying minus or they're minus eight points uh, at Duke. Um, well, the marquee game is on yes. the ACC. It's on the ACC network. Don't <laughs> <laughs> give me that. It's on the ACC network, which I don't even know if I get. I so. it's, What's on ESPN? What? I, I don't know. This is on. This is on the ACC network. Oh my goodness, that's terrible. Uh, well, look. Uh, Last week for Notre Dame, I think I'll, I guess I'll just ask you: Was that like a hangover from the U of M? Are they are they just not very good? You know, I I think that's the the question around this game and the covering the spread is is exactly what you're asking. Do you believe Notre Dame is a you know, above average football program and just had a bad week last week um, in a hangover from the Michigan game? I'm going to go with. Uh, Yes, I think they're an above-average team. I think they're going to get right this week against Duke. I don't have a whole lot of football analysis in this one. I do think it's just a general question is what you believe in in Notre Dame. Um, right. And so I, I, I'm going to believe in them. I'm going to I'm going to take uh, ND, uh, lay in the eight, and they kind of bounce back and show that they're, you know, whatever, a top-20 program or wherever you want to place them in there, but uh, certainly enough to, to beat Duke pretty handily. Okay, yeah, look, obviously, I think last week there was one, like, huge play that uh, changed the entire complexion of that game for Notre Dame, where they're going <laughs> to the f- go in, yeah, yeah, go go in up 21 to 7 and a half, and it turns into a fumble 90 or touchdown return, and now we're tied. So, uh, that, that's a very yeah. weird game. Yeah, and look, give, give, give Ian Book and the boys, give them some, give them some fucking credit for, for pulling it out, at least, and coming down with the last drive and, and getting it done. They deserve yeah, a little credit there. That, that, it was still just like an underwhelming second half. It's like, okay, you had control of the game. That one unfortunate play happened, and but still you had an entire half to kind of take control back. And really you needed to kind of pull one out of your ass to, to win the game, which you did. Good for you. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay. So, look, I uh, the, the good thing is is they're playing Duke, who's, you know, if their name's not good, Duke is also not very good. So, uh the, the Ian Book uh, Brian Kelly combination uh, after that win last week they're now 8-0 and uh, with an average margin of victory of roughly 20 points against ACC teams not named Clemson so uh, I don't really look to see much from this Duke team as anything near that uh, Clemson team so I'm going to lay 8 points with Notre Dame as well and that will take us to the NFL where we are in week 10, Doctor. Can you believe it? It's mid-season. God, it's, uh, it, it has. I feel like it has. Uh, it's flown by. 
high, and uh, so has my record in the Power Five. Um, it's burned into the ground. So uh, uh, let's just start there where we set the stage about where we're at and where the NFL is at through what is now nine weeks of the season. Um, I, uh, again, uh, it was 0-4-1 uh, in the Power Five. That was very uh, tough there. I, I deserve it. Uh, I talked about a little bit in the open. I put the Browns in there. I put Crab Legs in there. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it got too cute. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't a good thing. I'm 18-26-1 and 26 and one overall now in the Power Five. Uh, overall record last week in the NFL was 6-6-1. Six, six and one. And, and uh, I am 60-65 one on the season. So it's very odd. Uh, this has been happening the last few weeks where my overall record is actually better than my better than the actual record where I actually am convinced these are the good picks. So I don't know what that says, but it's probably not anything great. Uh, you were 2-2-1 two, two and one in your Power 5 selection. So kind of no blood there on the week. You're 19-25-1 and 25 and one on the year. 7-5 and one winning record for last week. And then you are 62, 63, and one on the season. Um, you know, how are you feeling about where you're at in your midseason and what lays ahead? I'm not disappointed in the Power Five record. I think that's, that's no secret. Um, you know, overall, I, I uh, you know, around 500. Because we're picking games and always want to pick. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think both are going to get significantly better. Um, you know, as you know, I send uh, um, a subset of games out to a number of different uh, group chats, and sure. uh, the last two weeks have been fifteen and five on those. There's some over unders in there too, which which has been pretty good uh, in the past couple weeks. So we're trending in the right direction. Interesting stat last week, Bob. Uh, home teams on Sunday, if you throw out the London game because uh, it's not really a home game, eleven eleven and zero. Uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Yeah, I was about to get into that. Um, oh, okay. I, thought, I actually thought I had. Um, yes, yes, you are correct. Um, yeah, so let's let's get into that because um, okay. we're going to set the stage for the overall trends in the NFL on the season uh, and last week as well. So uh, last week, uh, favorites were seven and six. They had only their second winning week of the season overall, seven six and one. That is overall for the year now. The underdogs are in the lead at 75-59-1. And as you just mentioned, home teams, it was their first winning week of the season against the spread. And when they did, like you said, they were 11-0 um, on Sunday, 11-1-1 overall for the week. So because um, of the Monday night game, the uh, Giants got crushed. So, And they are now um, – so they meet up a little ground, but overall – Row teams against the spread uh, still at a stellar 74-58-1 against the spread on the year. Home favorites last week, 5-0-1 as you would expect uh, based on the last stat we gave. And then overall on the year, they uh, improve, but still way behind at 34-53-1. Home dogs last week, again, because of uh, the home team thing we just mentioned, 6-1 as you would expect. And then they are 21-23 on the year. Favorites that are what we consider substantial favorites, which are uh, equal to or greater than seven points, were two and one last week. They are 16 and 20 on the season. And then there were zero outright losses from those substantial favorites last week. And there are six total on the year. This week, 
We have six teams on a bye, so four, uh, yeah, 16 on a bye, 14 total games. Sorry, 13 total games. Uh, there is eight home favorites, five home dogs. There is three substantial favorites of, of seven or more. And we are excluding Thursday night. So we're going to do the 12 games on Sunday and Monday. And we're going to start with one of those substantial favorites in Cincinnati with the Baltimore Ravens. They're minus 10. Where are we coming out here, Doctor? Wow. So last week, we saw Denver quarterback Brandon Allen, first start, get the win. This week, we got Ryan Finley. We do. Out of, out of NC State with the return of A.J. Green. That so actually, how do you actually know? Oh, no. Oh, he's, he's not going to go. He shouldn't. He shouldn't go. <laughs> I know. I know. I had a setback, and he's uh, out, out in Denver. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up. I, w- I wanted to see how you felt about Finley the Green and what that felt like. I was going to say it was going to feel like shit. Uh, <laughs> so, look, there's there's no reason to go with Cincinnati here. They're, they're the worst rushing defense in the league, uh, giving up 178 yards per game. 5.1 yards per attempt. We all know Baltimore's story. They're the best in the NFL at running the ball with 204 rushing yards per game. So, you know, Baltimore is gonna is gonna run wild all day, every day. Um, if you had any concerns about the Baltimore defense, they've kind of settled down since giving up the 33 to, uh, to Kansas City and 40 to Cleveland. Since then, they're only giving up 19 points per game, and it's not like Cincinnati's offense is going to be able to put up 19 points anyway. So it's it's not going to be the uh, Brandon Allen story this week for Ryan Finley. It's going to be Baltimore minus 10. Okay, and. Yeah, there, there isn't a lot of like analysis needs to go into it. Um, we know uh, who the better football team is. It's just a matter of are they gonna are they gonna be into this game? And I think the you know the case at this point in the season, I think we're gonna see a lot of these weeks where you know for Cincy, this is kind of the the Super Bowl save the season spots. You know where we get our big win and that's you know kind of celebrate. And I think it's the case here for Cincy is pretty simple where. You have the Ravens coming off this uh, kind of, you know, emotional big moment for their their season, their organization. Huge win over the Patriots on Sunday night, and uh, you know, easy letdown game against a winless Cincy team. So it's just simple: you either buy into it or you don't. And uh, I, I'm not buying it. This team has, I think, a legit shot at 0-16 here. They they may be overtaking uh, Miami maybe overtaking Washington is just like worst team in the league. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm on Baltimore minus the 10 as well. Who, hey, sorry, go ahead. Who, who pops the champagne when, you know, hit Miami get their first win last week. Uh, and so now we've just got Cincinnati left. You know how the, the Dolphins team always pop the champagne when, uh, yes. last week when well, they'll pop it when San Francisco loses this week. We'll yes. that later. Um, who pops the champagne on the other side of it? Is it the 2008 Lions? Is it the 2016 Browns? Is that what it is? Who, who's popping that champagne? Yeah, it's, it's uh, wait, who, who is the coach? Was it, was Morgan what the coach of that team? The Lions? Uh, that, that feels right. That's a, yeah, that's a good I, question. We I, think, I, think, I think I think Warren might be popping the champagne just quietly okay. in his recliner. Like, yep. <laughs> he's not, not on his motorcycle. You don't need on his well, motorcycle. Maybe he, either way, he's looking at his bank account and just laughing. Just oh, yeah. laughing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, look, um, you know, we mentioned, I think, that Cincy might be an own 16 team. 
probably the best way for them to avoid it is getting one of their two games against this next dumpster fire, which is the Cleveland Browns. And uh, I had them in my Power 5. I kind of opened with it a little bit uh, in the opening segment. You haven't heard it, but I'll just kind of talk about, yeah. Um, I, you know, this, this kind of came from a place where it was very quickly you could tell this was a fraudulent situation where, okay, this team is not <laughs> anywhere like, you know, they're not beating the Patriots in the AFC title game. That's very clear. Okay. And now it, after last week it, in the, the Baker Mayfield and the wet bandits thing, and that's kind of gone viral. It, it just kind of, it's sad. It's kind of pathetic now. And I, I, I don't know what to think. I was like, this has gone so sideways. So, so quickly in, in the mid season, we're not even at Thanksgiving and this thing, is a wreck right now. So, um, and there's been a lot of, you may have heard this, there has been a lot of uh, fraudy kitchens versus <laughs> Matt Patricia comparisons. It's like, well, this, this offensive coach whose offense is terrible um, versus, you know, Matt Patricia, who's this defensive guru whose defense is off. So, um, there's been a lot of that this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I've talked a lot right now. I'm going to let you kind of get into what your thoughts are and your pick. Yeah, this is another one similar to the kind of Michigan State in the college set. I don't understand this line at all, right? So a couple of quick points. You know, Buffalo D is ranked third in total yards per game. Um, and they're only giving up 16.4 points per game. So they're supposed to shut down Cleveland, right? On the other side of the ball, you've got Cleveland's only forced nine turnovers this year. So there's no advantage there. They're ranked 26 in that. They're not going to force Josh Allen to turn it over. Um, they're, they're decent against the pass, but they're in the bottom of the league on run defense. They're giving up 4.9 yards per attempt, which brings them at 29th. Buffalo wants to run the ball, so they should be able to do that. On top of that, Cleveland is 0-3 against the spread and straight up at home, and Buffalo is 3-0 against the spread and straight up on the road. So I don't get any of this. It doesn't make any sense. So when that happens, and we're not you know, big believers on either side of the teams, I'm going Cleveland here minus three, and I'm going that in a big way. Okay, uh, I, I will. I'm the same part. I can. I think it makes a little sense because I think I can make kind of a semi case for the Browns here, just in the fact that okay, they've lost four games in a row. Um, two of them were blowouts to very good teams in San Francisco and New England. The other two were very competitive games uh, where against Seattle at home where turnovers just got the better of them. Uh, that was the story of that loss. And then against Denver, they just – their red zone offense, they couldn't score touchdowns. They were in the red zone I think four times in the first half and, and just couldn't cash in. So um, they're moving the ball. They just it's, – it's one thing or the other, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're still losing. Uh, it's just uh, – I don't think it's – with, if you look within the details of the game, I don't think it's that terrible of losses when they play uh, average teams. And then on the flip side, you have Buffalo, who's played two teams with a winning record and lost. And then they have their their other uh, games. Oh, sorry. They lost to New England. And then the other loss was to Philly, which was a really bad loss. I mean, they got blown out. So, so um, the other thing about Buffalo, they haven't left home in a month so i think if you kind of look at all that take that all in i, I think the line are, are they two maybe closer to even teams 
maybe. I, I, if you just throw out the records and kind of look beyond the details of the game, I think you can make a case for Cleveland. But uh, I, I'm on Cleveland as well here. I'm taking them minus three points. I think they've lost four in a row. At some point, they're, they're going to win a game here. They're not, like, awful, awful, but uh, it's not good. It's definitely not uh, not good. It's it's not good. Like, that, that game in Denver... I talked about this in the open. I, I looked up. I'm kind of watching it on the computer and also on the red zone. And, you know, Brandon Allen tosses one touchdown. They're up 7-3. to three, And then, like, within five minutes, he throws a 75-minute touchdown to Noah Fan, And they're down 14-3. And I just go, this is over. This is this is over. So I was just kind of like, man, you're going to do this to Cleveland, to, in Den- to Denver. So rough one for them. Um, another great power five pick by me, of course. So um, let's get out of there and go to Tennessee. And uh, we have Patrick Mahomes likely to start Kansas City. That line opened at around three. It's now up to six. Kansas City playing the six. Where are you at on this game? Yeah, you, you mentioned it. Mahomes, Mahomes is back. Uh, but he comes back against a pretty strong Tennessee defense. That is uh, tied for sixth in the league in takeaways. They are sixth best in the league at points per game with uh, 18.3, and they're ranked in the top 10 in sacks. So I think that D is going to give Mahomes uh, a bit of a challenge this week because I think he needs a couple weeks to get back to to what we expect from him and to really be able to be mobile and plant and all the things you got to do as a great quarterback, which he is, of course. So I think he struggles to be back back. To be back back, yes. So I think he struggles. uh, And speaking of struggling, uh, both sides of the ball and the other side are awful, right? The KC defense is terrible. The Tennessee offense is certainly not good. um, But they are trying to trend in a positive direction with Tannehill. (laughs) It's a nice Um, way of putting it. They don't turn the ball over, okay? They're tied for fifth with only nine turnovers, so they don't put themselves in bad spots with turnovers. And the KCD has allowed uh, the most red zone trips by any NFL team with 38. Um, So with that in mind, I think Mahomes struggles a little bit and is slow. I think Tannehill finds a little something here with the pass-run game balance for Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee plus the six in this one. All right, that's that's unlike you. That's pretty cute. Uh, what, that's unlike me. What, what does that mean? I just think you usually see this. Like so, like look, I look at this and see. Okay, if Kansas City, uh, if if you had told me, you know, take out the injury, take out you know, kind of the struggles of the team lately because of that injury, um, it, this game would probably be what closer to double digits of a line. And I, I just think you're seeing. I think right now there's value with KC. You know, if, if 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 no one is doubting the Mahomes injury and thinking, oh well, maybe he's seventy five percent, eighty percent, there, this is a no brainer, really. So, it, so the fact that he's likely to play, he's practicing full. Look, I'm just going to assume that he is back. And you talk about Tannehill, and I think he had a, a cute little run, um, you know, kind of come to an end last week, where he, he had a nice first game where they. They carved up San Diego a little bit. He threw for, I think, almost 300 yards and had three touchdowns. Look, that Tampa the Tampa game the next following week, uh, 246 yards of total offense against an awful Tampa pass team. Just terrible. 
And then last week, down 24 to 7 in the third quarter at Carolina. And you say, oh, but the offense was good. They had all 431 yards. Yeah, guess what? 255 of that came after of that deficit of 24 to 7. So that was the, that was the, uh, you know, the stat pad for stats for Tannen Hill in that game. So, so again, I, I think this is just t- Tennessee's a, a, an average at best team. Kansas City, when Mahomes is right and plain and healthy and effective, and, you know, they got, they got the full cast of characters now. They got Tyreek Hill. Um, look, th- this is a team where they blow them out. Yeah, the bigger question here is though is is like controlling the game, right? So if you think I, I'm thinking the Mahomes injury is going to have a, a lasting effect, they're going to have more three outs than usual because he's just not going to be as sharp. Okay. So, and I think Casey's defense is we, we would agree is terrible. I think Tennessee can run the ball. They're going to control the game. They're going to give him less opportunities. And I think offensively they have some success. So if I look at like number of drives in the game, it's going to be reduced for Casey than they're used to getting, and. Uh, those that they have are going to be you know, less effective than usual because of his injury. That, that's where I'm going with this. I think it's going to play out, and I think you're just wrong. Yeah, look, you're working on your assumption that he is not going to be effective. I'm working under the assumption that he is, and I'm saying even at 85%, this guy is, I don't know, 10 times better than almost every quarterback in the league uh, besides maybe uh, you know three or four guys. So, um when I have him there and I against Tennessee, I just go, yeah, six. I, I'm no brand for me, so we shall see. Uh, Kansas City minus six is a pick. Let's get on to uh, another great quarterback, and uh, I think the the most impressive, the, the best team in the NFL at this point, the New Orleans Saints. They are minus home, uh, laying thirteen points to the hapless Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, a little banged up. Uh, he is, I think, up in the air. They think he's going to play, but we're not sure. Uh, Saints, the healthiest they've been all season. No one, I think, today I read was on the injury report, which is somewhat of a rarity at this point in the season uh, for any team. So um, all these guys do, that is the Saints, is win and cover. Six straight since the Breeze injury. Um, I'm making it seven for seven. I think this is the best team in football. And uh, if you didn't, you may have not seen this. I'm not sure if it's caught your radar. But Dan Quinn is stealing a page from Mark D'Antonio's playbook in in a move of utter desperation. Um, He pivoted the coaching staff and reshuffled the deck chairs. Raheem Morris this week in midseason, midseason. Raheem Morris went from wide receivers coach to take over the secondary this week. Uh, Dave Brock went from the running backs to the wide receivers, and Bernie Parmalee went from special teams and offensive assistant to take over the running backs. We all seen this movie before, so uh, yeah, uh, that's all I got to say. It's New Orleans minus thirteen, and I'll leave it to you. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, well, well, well done. Um, Thank you. Look, you're right. They're, they're healthy. Camaro's back. Breeze is second game back. They're they're playing awesome. So we don't really talk about the game. This one comes down to the old BDC, and what I mean by BDC is backdoor cover. So <laughs> you're basically betting if you believe that Atlanta is going to backdoor cover this one. They've scored 
80 of the 165 points in the fourth quarter. They lead the league in the fourth quarter scoring with 9.6 points. Uh, obviously, because they're always trailing, they trail uh, an average of 42 minutes per game. So that that's really what you're betting on in my eyes, and I think you would agree with that. Yes. I'm not buying into the backdoor cover. I'm with you. I think I think New Orleans is going to cover the 13, and they, they might shut down that last drive that everybody's sweating out on uh, on Sunday at about uh, you know, 3:45 Eastern Standard Time. Um, so watch out for the backdoor cover, but I'm going New Orleans minus 13. Yeah, there'll be no nothing even to sweat on the backdoor. So. Um, and just just kind of throw a little tidbit here, just because I, I did the research, so um, I'm going to pay off that. Uh, Matty Ice, uh, in the Matty Ice era, where both him and Drew Brees are starting quarterbacks uh, and these respective teams, Atlanta is three and eight in New Orleans with an average uh, margin of loss in those eight losses of 12 points. So even you know much better Atlanta teams uh, have a tendency to lose and lose big here. So, um, yeah, the Royals minus 13 is the play. Let's go to um, a game that no one should be watching and probably shouldn't even be played. It is the New York versus New York, the battle uh, for the will of the people and the city, the Giants and the Jets, Dimes versus Darnold. I have nothing to say. What do you want to say? Yeah, look, it's a meaningless game. It actually might be entertaining to watch. I mean, there could be a lot of fun football plays in this game. Turnovers for six, uh, you know, stupid quarterback play, fantasy bad team special teams. <laughs> yeah, look, it could be. Fun. The question from a gambling perspective is, you know, okay, who's, who's more competent? Um, look, we can go through some stats. They, they all suck. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, think like, I think like eye test-wise, I'm going uh, to give the edge here to, to the New York Giants. I think they've looked a, a little more competent to what they – can do on offense. I know they turn it over. If they have a game where they can not turn it over as much, they've at least they've got your boy Saquon on there. Um, we don't need to waste time. I'm going to go the Giants minus two and a half. Um, but still, it might be entertaining to watch. Be some fun. Sure, sure, fun sure. Fun. Awesome. Um, there's a lots of uh, injuries on the offensive line for the Giants. That's already not a very good offensive line, and now Evan Ingram's out. And I think the Jets at some point just have to win a game. So um, I'm going to go Jets plus two and a half, and we're not going to say one more word about that. Perfect. Contest. Let's go to oh, my buddy, uh, my pal, Crab Legs, Tampa Bay, at home. <laughs> They're minus uh, four and a half to Arizona. Um, it's the, the, the desert versus the swamp, maybe. I want to uh, ask you a question here, and it's it's, it's, it's a serious question. Oh. Does yeah. Crab Legs, does, does Arians or someone else give Crab Legs a look as their QB1 going into next season? Yes. Okay, I, look, he, he, this is like Mariota, he is talented. He, he really is, he has ability. He just can't stop turning the ball over. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't. I, do you really think Mariota is talented? Like, at least no, so, no, he's not. So on the crab leg side, like at least he has shown some ability to make some plays. He's an right? NFL caliber quarterback. Yeah. Yes. And so his problem is he just he's a poor decision maker at times. He turns it over all the time. We'll get it. I'll get into that in a second. But there's always going to be a coach that looks at him and goes. 
I can make him better, right? There's a QB guru out there that's like, I, I'm the QB whisperer. I, I can do it. So he, he he's good enough. Maybe he's like the you know 20 game loser in the in the MLB years ago. Like you have to be somewhat good to go lose 20 games. If somebody keeps running you out there, um, that's crabby. Okay, I just this just came to me off the top of my head. But is he like uh, who's the one? Uh, is he like the Jeff George of this era? Is he that guy who just everyone just kept taking a run at Jeff George? I mean, no, didn't Jeff George? Jeff George at least accomplished something a couple of years. Did he? Yeah, I think he had a couple of playoff wins. He go, I think he went to a conference championship game. I don't know about that. Yeah, I have to look it up. But he was some guy. You can fact check me on that one. Are we thinking about the same guy? It's Jeff Jeff George. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. Look, yeah, I, look. I, all right, look. I, I, I just he's kind of a quagmire in the sense that like I watched that Seattle game last week, and he he's carving Seattle, who is does not have a great defense, especially in the secondary, but. Uh, he he does have ability. He has he's capable. Uh, he just again had another just devastating turnover and uh, yeah yeah I don't know. I, Jeff George won a playoff game with Minnesota in 1999. Okay, odd playoff game. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, I don't know who don't you know if they got the buy that year. I don't think they got the buy that year. I can't figure that out. I I, I don't. I have, have, have to look deeper than that. But that that's the guy. That's the same guy that everyone just they loved his arm and everyone just kept taking chances on him and he was just he, for for and he had a. Probably the last five or six years of his career just bounced around different teams and everyone just, you know, enamored with Jeff George's uh, ability. So, all right. Uh, the pick. Look, um, Zona had a nice, cute run a, a little bit with this offense, and they kind of made it be- beat up on some weaker teams in, over that span. And I think that uh, over these last three games, they were at the Giants. Offense, 245 yards. At New Orleans, total offense, 237 yards. And then uh, at San Fran on Thursday night last week, 357 yards. However, 165 of that came in two garbage time Pat Stafford drives. So, um, look, I think Tampa's kind of in a similar situation like Cleveland. They've lost four in a row. Two of those were really tough losses. And uh, I, I just, I'm going to, I think the one like constant I have in this game with these two teams is uh, Arizona, I think maybe is definitely suspect on defense. I think their offense is a little bit questionable right now. I think Tampa will definitely be able to score on them and move the ball given. So I'm going to take the one thing I, I know I can count on. Tampa minus four and a half is my pick. I'll go to you. Yeah, I'm going to take the one thing I know I can count on. And that's crab legs. <laughs> Turning the ball over. Should we change it? Should we go Uber on him? Crab legs, change his name to Uber, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Either, either way. So, the look, crab legs emoji is too good. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's too good. <laughs> There's no Uber emoji. Uh, look, he, he's in his fifth year and he cannot stop turning the ball over. It's 12 picks, two fumbles. Now you look at uh, you look at Kyle Murray, no fumbles lost, only four INTs. That's, that's pretty impressive. And they've been, you're right, there was some garbage time in there. Um, but I said the narrative, I don't know, five weeks ago, like they're still trying to trend up and they're still trying to build on something. I think there's, yeah, I think there's still some momentum there. I, I'm believing in it. Um, I think they've been you know, playing okay at times, and, and I think that they're going to – I think they're going to win this game, not only cover the four and a half. I think they win the game. I think uh, Crab Legs is an all-time turnover game, and I'm, I'm, going, uh, I'm going the Cardinals plus four and a half. Okay. I'll be scared yeah. of money on that one either. 
yeah, okay, you know, and you know, whatever, you know. It's just, you know, a lot of these matchups, it's either like the season's over versus season's over or uh, playoff team versus season's over. Um, and uh, speaking of no point in playing the rest of the year, our final 1 p.m. game is between two teams whose seasons are over, and that is our Detroit Lions uh, at, at Chicago. And Chicago is minus two and a half in what I have dubbed the negligence bowl. And, and uh, let's just start on the Chicago side with this Mitch Trubisky absolute disaster. Uh, it's it's just unfolding before our eyes because uh, he was not this. He was not that bad last year. He really was not. I mean, he had a passer rating average of ninety five uh, over the course of the entire season. Was not was effective. It wasn't great, but they weren't just uh, inept. Uh, now this season. Uh, it's fallen apart. His passer rating, I think he's been over 80, I think, I think one time, maybe, maybe twice. He was uh, injured for a couple of weeks, Bob. <laughs> I, 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 I'm talking about a starter. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I'm, so, I'm well, whatever. Look, last week in the first half, we were talking about this. They had zero first downs in the first half in negative total net yards on offense for a half in football. Um, so that's that side of the negligence bowl. The other side, we have another banner day for Matt Patricia's defense where they gave up 450-plus yards, 25 first downs, and 31 points, and zero turnovers. And, and that's capped off by letting that final play call run through his headset after being gifted an extra timeout and the final play of the game. Um <laughs> It, it was that was amazing. There were so many amazing things that happened that last drive. It, you can't you can't make it up. I mean, this was this was folly. This was just what is going on here. It was unbelievable. That play call is so reprehensible. Well, not only the play call, but I mean, I don't know if you're going to mention this or not, but I'll jump in if you, in case you want. So, yeah, Galladay and Jones aren't even on the field. They're right. Not even on the field. Right. Not even on the field. Right, and they're running the play for the tight end who, uh, you know, should be Hawkinson, but uh, he has concussion, guys. You're you're throwing to your third-string tight end is what you're doing. So, um, and I, I don't – I didn't want to do this. I actually didn't plan to do this, but I – the other thing that ran through my head, uh, like, shortly after my, uh, uh, you know, annoyance with Patricia and Daryl Bevel, who everyone seems to like for some reason – as the new offensive coordinator, uh, was Stafford needs to just go, we're not running that. And I I, that, I thought that like 10 minutes later and thought, how is he not just going, guys, like, no. And I, 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 I know that's a little scenario, but do you really think other guys like, say like the combination of Breeze and Peyton, do you think that would actually produce something like that? It would never happen. It would not happen. Well, I, you know, look, Stafford, his numbers showed well again, and I think he played pretty well. But look, there were he played great. People, hang on a second, though, Bob. Hang on before we start celebrating you know, the great game he played. There were some moments in that game in the second half, where there were some drives going on. He made some pretty inaccurate throws that could have extended drives, and there were he had a couple other chances when he had the ball to keep things going and couldn't do it. Okay. Um, so he doesn't get a free pass on us. He played, you know, he played well enough to win. I'll give him that. But if he wants to be this 
what he wants to say is and I'm still hearing the narrative MVP candidate. Well, that's that, that, wanna, that's ridiculous. That's too, whatever. Even if you want to put him like in the second tier of quarterbacks, you got to make some of those plays. I know I'm putting a lot on him. I know the people that listen to this know I'm hard on him, but like. Those are the plays you have to make if you're going to be that next level quarterback. And he's never proven that. So to your point about like overriding plays, yes, I wish he would do something like that. But does he have the credibility to actually do it? And I don't think he's proven it. No, no, I, he's not. He's not that level. I don't think he ever will be. But he's. He, look, the point is, is that in that game, if I had to go through the problems on that team and what caused him to lose, he doesn't make the top ten. That's the whole point. He just doesn't. Well, doesn't. I know we're we're gonna get into it a little bit. I think with some of one of the other comments here on a stat later. But there are quarterbacks that overcome those things on a regular basis, where they don't have enough tools around them, but are good enough to overcome those things. And he has not proven to do that over a decade. Uh, that, that, that's fine. I'm just saying, if you're talking about problems with that game of the Lions right now in general, he's just not one of them. He's not even. But he's not the solution. But he's not the solution either. That's the difference. He's not the solution. He may have a problem. He's I, not the solution. He's he's fine. I'm not gonna. I no. If I want to kill him for one thing in that game, I'm mean, seriously. It's it's allowing that decision to be made. He's he's got to have enough command at this point in his career to just go. Hey, we're not running that, guys. Like. No, it's not happening. So that all right, let's get back. To, let's get back. Whatever. We're whatever. getting off the rails. Right. I can't. I can't do this right now. Yeah. yeah whatever. All right. Uh, yeah. Look. Look. Uh, look. Just here's, keep drinking that Honolulu Blue Kool Aid, buddy. Yeah. I'm not. Whatever. Look. You're this, drinking this shit. Out of look. Matt Nagy and this Chicago Bear and Ryan Pace and this GM, they should have traded for crab legs a week ago. That's that's what really should happen. This is where he should end up. So um, look, I want nothing more. Because of my hatred for Matt Patricia at this point, that Mr. Bisky that just have a day against these guys. I hope he goes for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and it just burns this whole thing to the ground. So, um, even though I think he'll be benched by the time the end of the year is probably, uh, I'm going Bears minus two and a half. Go ahead. I'm with you. I'm going Bears minus two and a half. I'll throw a couple of numbers out here. CDS, for those that don't remember, that's check down staff. He is seven and 27 straight up and 10. And 22 and 2 against the spread on the road in his career when playing teams yielding 22 points or less. Chicago only allows 18. He's a loser on the road when he has to play some decent defense. He'll lose again this week. Also, Nagy's 7 and 1 against the spread against NFC North teams. It's a perfect game for Trubisky to get right. Bears minus 2.5. Boom. All right, great. That's it. Fire. Yeah, I, I, I hope they electric. I don't think. I hope they crush those guys. All right. Uh, so, um, that's what it's come to with the Lions every season. I have to cheer against them to get everyone fired. All right. So, uh, Miami. They are. Uh, they they might have won their first game last week, but they're uh, four straight against the spread. Four and four on the year. Five hundred ATS. So Fire. they're going. Fire, they're going to Indy. Indy's minus 10 and a half, and I'll let you kind of uh, take the lead here. Yeah, so uh, is, are we going Brissett or are we going Hoyer here? Not that it matters a whole lot, but what are we What are we leaning? Uh, Brissett, they said, is it, it's like a 50-50 thing right now, I would say. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I kind of look at it the same way. Like If they put Brissett in, they're going to protect him and try to run a little more. If Hoyer's in there, I think they'll, they'll probably try and run a little more. Um, either way, I think they're going to have a lot of success here running the ball against Miami defense that ranks 31st, giving up 151 rush yards um, per game. 
Uh, so I think they'll have their way with the Miami D. Also, on the offensive side of the football for Miami, they've lost Preston Williams, the torn ACL, uh, yeah, and Mark yeah. Walton's been suspended four games. Uh, there's just there's no story here to bet on Miami again. I'm, I'm taking Indy minus 10 and a half. Yeah, I think even though Miami's kind of crawled out of, like, we're not, like, morbidly, like, just awful and grotesque, and we're NFL competitive, um, it's still just a, a very bad football team. Um, they had, with that win last week, they kind of jumped the Jets with three offensive scores in the first half, but still overall, 316 yards of offense in the game. That's just not a good number. 141 of those um, were on five second half drives where they scored three points. Uh, that's that's averaging under 30 yards per possession. So um, it's just, they're still just not a very good team. And uh, the Colts, uh, as you mentioned with Hoyer, uh, actually played well on the road against uh, a defense playing really good uh, in Pittsburgh last week. And they just had that one, again, and like complexion changing play uh, that really sw- turned the game where they're going in 10-3, about to go for a touchdown or maybe a field goal, and Hoyer unfortunately throws a pick six to tie the ball game up. Um, so that was kind of just a kind of, kind of game-flipping play, uh, and they ended up losing a close game. But uh, I think that they're going to be very motivated to bounce back and play well uh, in this spot here against a, a below-average team. And uh, I'm going the Indy Annapolis Colts minus 10.5 as well. And let's get to a game in the afternoon where there's some actual NFL football teams on both sides. So we have uh, Green Bay at home minus five and a half to the Carolina Panthers. And I uh, I made up some kind of tears, Doctor, where I, I, I we got to the midseason here and we're, we're at the halfway point and I want to go, okay, where, where do I put all these teams out? Where do I stack these teams? And I sent you this list. And I, I think that I, I list the first tier as the favorites. And I said, okay, I think it's New Orleans, the Patriots, and San Francisco. At this point, they are the favorites to take this down this season. Um, after that, I think I put Baltimore, Kansas City, and Green Bay. And the next tier is kind of the, the contenders. Okay, and then after that, there's like a handful of teams. Uh, maybe I think I put I don't know six or seven eight. teams, eight, eight teams. Okay, you know there's Carolinas in there, uh, Dallas, Philly, uh, you know just just Seattle, the Rams, the Vikings. Sure, kind of Texans, kind of and, the, and you threw the Colts at the bottom as well. Sure, and I labeled them as kind of like the puncher's chance uh, of of making some noise, getting get, beating the playoffs, and maybe pulling off a win or two. And after that, I kind of looked up, okay, well, like, how do these teams rank out just maybe as, as running? Because you, you know I you know how much I love the running game, and I love defense. I, I love kind of just looking at those two things, and if they have those two things, and they have the quarterback play aligned with it, then I go, then I kind of start to buy in a little bit and believe. And I looked at this matchup, and Green Bay, out of all these teams, including the teams that I qualified in, like the puncher's chance, the eight teams, Green Bay was in the bottom 22 in both defense and running through the first nine weeks. And I think they played uh, eight total games. So 
Um, I know to begin the year that there was this cute little narrative that oh, their defense, all this, these uh, revamped and all these free agent signings, it's it's really you know improved. They got a good defense now. It's not a good defense. Um, they they're, they're 26 in the league. They're below Kansas City if you really want to get real about it. Um, that that is the running game is 22nd. That's below Detroit's running game, which we always. Uh, just talk about how bad they are running the football. So well, you just give you like to give Matthew an out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm trying trying to make excuses for for Pat Stafford. Um, look, um, I I looked at that. I, I was actually surprised. I knew it wasn't good on the defensive side, but I didn't think it was that bad. I did not realize the running game was that bad as well. Um, so I kind of saw this, and, and Carolina, I think, was. I don't. They they were I think in the top ten or maybe uh, at least above average in, in both those categories. So I kind of went. You know what? Kyle Allen's playing. Uh, you know, he's playing well enough and playing good football. They were in a spot last week where I thought they bounced back nicely from uh, a bad uh, loss, and they they kind of had a, a below or average. We'll just call them average Tennessee team, and they did their did their job. They were up twenty four seven that game. So. Uh, Beat a bad team at home, nice bounce back. I think there is um, these two teams are maybe a little bit closer, uh, just on paper. And I'm going to take Carolina plus the five and a half points. That's how I look at it. Where are you at? Yeah, so I mean, you definitely address the concern if you're if you're looking to go Green Bay. But what you didn't uh, address were a few things. What well, Green Bay was miserable last week. I, I don't see yeah. it happening. I don't see it happening twice. Yep, AR12 is too good at home. Um, last five games, 12 TDs, just two picks, and 380 yards passing when he's at home. And historically, against the Panthers, AR-12 on his last five starts has a passer rating of over 100, over 300 yards per game, 15 TDs, five picks, and it's done for three TDs or more in four of the five games. So I'm looking for him to bounce back in a big way, back at Lambeau. And uh, I think they're going to I actually going to blow them out. I, I see it being a double-digit win with, with ease. You, you, think this is like, that. you think this is like Carolina going to San Francisco? Yes. Okay, because that, that, that's what I don't think it is. is I guess that's my point. Is, is I, I understand I what your point was, and that was a right. counterpoint I had on my sheet. It was kind of, hey, I recognize that the Packers, especially de- right. the defense, what I was going to focus on, is not, it's not good, especially the run defense. Uh, and you're going against a really great run offense. But I just think, uh, I think AR-12 at home is just going to be too much for uh, yeah. for the Panthers. Well, I like those stats you referenced for Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, against certain teams where, I mean, I think you could basically repeat those stats against anybody, like a passer rating over 100. I, probably over anybody he has those numbers, so... Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't have those in front of me, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna counter that. Maybe you should have done a little more research and <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, look, Carolina plus the five and a half. Uh, you way off, way off on this one, Doctor. Uh, let's get to another. I, I like the next game, um, just because I, you know, I have a great narrative going um, with uh, the Rams, and uh, uh, I'm just gonna ask you straight up in the Rams. Uh, couple wins after some early season struggles they made the Ramsey trade now they're coming off a bye are the Rams back <sighs> they're not back to where they were last year that's for sure um, they're oh, back yeah. in a position to win this game 
Look, I, I wanted to find a reason to take Pitt here. I, I really did. Uh, I kind of like what's going on there. I think it's kind of fun. I, I like Tom, but he, he, he makes me laugh. Um, but as I as I look at it more closely, I just I just I can't get behind Pittsburgh to to cover this game. Um, I know they're coming off a three game win streak. It's been against the Chargers, the Dolphins, and, and Indy. Um, but I just can't see it happening. McVeigh is 10 and 0 against AFC opponents, averaging 32 points in those games. They, they're winning those by an average of two TDs, uh, in, in, sorry, in 10 of those games. You know, the homecoming for Aaron Donald back at Pitt. The Rams are 6 and 0 against the spread in the last six road games, and they're 4 and 0 and 1 against the spread coming off bye weeks in the last five years. So, I'm going, the, the trends are there, the way the Rams have been playing the past few weeks is there, I'm going the Rams minus three and a half. Okay, and um, regardless of this game, the real reason I want to get to Pittsburgh was to talk about Antonio Brown. Um, oh, okay. You may or may not have heard he had himself a day. Uh, did, did you happen to catch him in the news today? I did not. Okay, so this will okay. be fun. Okay, um, let's have a little fun. So, because um, this is going to lead to my weekly address of who is more delusional. Uh, so, now, <laughs> Antonio Brown had some meeting where he's trying to get like reinstated today or something along those lines. I don't think it went that well, and he went to social media, as as, as one always does, which always works out well for them. And uh, in the first, early on the day, with something like this, and this is, quote, uh, imagine conforming to a system, giving it 100% to see them treat me like this is unfairly. Making money off my sweat and blood, bleep the NFL, I'll never play in that bleep, treat black people the worst. Clear my name and go bleep yourself. Um, and then it went to another little strad, or thread where uh, he said he's going down another, another path and he was telling his uh, fantasy football players to let it go. Now, later on, a few hours later, um, <laughs> he, came, he came back. He came back and, uh, you know, kind of calmed down and, and just said, uh, look, I'm just very frustrated now with the false allegations and the slander to my name. I love football and I miss it. I just want to play, and I'm very emotional about that. I'm determined to make my way back to the NFL ASAP. Uh, so that that was a few hours later before the first uh, comments I made. And now I, I, you have to bear with me. I forgot because we got a little bit, uh, you know, emotional with lions and bears there, and we had to get get into it with uh, Patricia and staff and all that nonsense. I forgot a Trubisky quote this week. Would you like to hear that? Uh, I, I know I've heard this one. Go, go ahead. Let's share it. I know where you're going. The TVs? You're aware of the TVs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we got to shut the volume off, man. Yeah, so this is, the this is the quote from Trubisky because this is the problem, right? Quote, uh, trying to get some of these TVs in the building turned off because you've got too many people talking, about talking on TV about us, what they think about us, what we should do, what we are and what we're not but they don't know who we are or what we're capable of as people or what we're going through or what we're thinking. It's just their outside viewers looking in. 
Yeah. So, so tunnel vision, earmuffs, and just come to work every day and try to get better and get back to what I know we're capable of doing. End quote. Leadership. Mitch, Mitch, hashtag, That's leadership. Hashtag leadership. Hashtag Trubisky. Hashtag you're going to be haters. Hashtag haters. No, he's yeah, going to bounce back week this week. Guys, go, kids going to, hey, get the kids some fucking credits going to work. Uh, yeah, uh, get, yeah, shut the TVs down, Mitch. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, so, there's one of the yep. haters in the room. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You, you, you oh boy. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so who is more, who is more delusional? Is it uh, Mitch Trubisky for needing the sheet TVs to get shut off? Uh, Antonio Brown for uh, essentially going bipolar in a matter of hours, or after that, is it? His agent Drew Rosenhaus saying, "Quote: uh, There are a few teams that are very interested in signing Antonio once this process is over. I'll let you decide." That's a tough one. I'm not going to put it on Mitch. He's just trying to block out the hate. That's all. He's trying to be a leader. I don't hate sir. that. Sir, um, I think what uh, Drew Rosenhaus said is probably true. I bet there's still. <laughs> <laughs> and, they'd be smart and they'd be smart to give him the luck so uh, so by default I'm gonna go I'm gonna go AB just okay. by default and uh, yeah, that's all that's all I have to say about that yeah it, it I was gonna say Rosenhaus but th- there probably yeah. is people that would sign him yeah but he is like at this point I am like kind of worried in a, in a way I mean I, he, I I shouldn't have said bipolar because I, I actually kind of feel bad. Right. I mean, he had a he had a Twitter pop off. I think it was a week or two ago where he just I mean he fired off like uh, something around like fifty to hundred tweets within within an hour. It was just retweeting and responding and um, yeah. I mean, there's there might be it appears there might be something there like emotionally or mentally that's he's not stable at this point in time. I mean, he can't be based on the past few months. There's, there's just no way. And it's unfortunate because he's a it great is. player. Um, yeah. But, uh, okay, you know my narrative with the Rams. And, um, oh, is that where we're at? We're back to the Rams. Okay. That was we're right. back to the Rams now. Okay. We're back to the Rams and how, and how uh, Todd Gurley has created Sean McVay's entire, uh, his, his entire just profile as this offensive guru. It's unbelievable. So uh, the first eight games for the Rams in 2018 – their offense averaged 443 yards and 33 points a game. In 2019, it is 384 and 26 points. Um, Gurley is done, as I've mentioned. I think, uh, in general, are, are they done? Are they terrible? No, but they're not that team. They're not They're not getting back to that team. They won't uh, without Gurley being Gurley. He's not getting back to who he was. So um, I think uh, this is Pittsburgh plus three and a half Ooh, is the play. Right. So um, that is that is my pick. I, I got to stick to my narrative. Uh, I got to believe. Got to believe. So um, the McVay window being slammed shut as we speak. <laughs> and that takes care of. Talk about delusional. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that takes care of all the uh, one o'clock and four p.m. games and gets us to SNF, and we have a nice matchup here uh, with Minnesota and Dallas. Dallas at home in the Jerry Dome minus three. There's a ton of playoff implications here. Uh, Dallas and Philly, one of them is going to 
hasn't been playing for a wild card team, and it looks like that way with Minnesota, as Green Bay is just uh, kind of out ahead in that division, as also already have a win head to head over Minnesota. So, um, yeah, it looks like both these teams playing for uh, wild card implications here. And you've mentioned in the past kind of uh, the Spider Man meme and uh, <laughs> the mirror image. These teams are very similar where they have kind of very good running games, top 10 defenses. Uh, they kind of just, the, the, the drawbacks are they lack consistent high-level quarterback play week to week and kind of a, an, an edge, essentially. And they both beat up on bad teams. Uh, that's what these do, these teams do. So uh, I'm kind of more excited to watch this game uh, and pretend to have any clue on who's going to win. But uh, I'm going to for picking purposes, take a bounce back performance for the Vikings and Ooh. just just the, the points in a what I think will be a close a close game. So I'll, I'll take three. So points. so you are you saying that you don't believe Dallas is a good football team? Uh, I think they're like the same team. So is, are they good or not? That's all I want to know. Are they good or are they not good? Write your list. I Write don't your list know. As, a, as a puncher's chance. Yeah, I, okay. Because your narrative, your narrative around Cousins was he can't beat a good team. So I was going to ask you that. Yeah, they um, lost Kansas City with Matt Moore. What do you want me to say? I, I think, <laughs> I think uh, the Cowboys are a good football team. I think this is one of those games where Cousins, unfortunately, will struggle. Um, but the Cowboys' offense is is number one in the league. Right? They're 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 very efficient. They're um, they're getting it done. Uh, I think they will even against this defense. Will have some success. Um, Cousins six and twenty-six against teams winning records, six and thirteen in primetime games, one and six against the Cowboys in his career. I understand some of those are with the skins. I get it, um, but no feeling this week too, right? I, he, he's trending as a no. Right, that's a that's a big loss for that offense. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm Dallas all the way. Um, also, the Vikings themselves are 0-9-1 in the last 10 games on the road against teams with win records. There's no case for Minnesota here. It's Dallas minus three. Be a big nope. win for the boys. All right, that was very convincing. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you. Well, I, always, I, I always am. Yeah, always. always. Um, I mean, I still like one thing I would say from maybe last season to this season that I can rely on at least each week more with the Vikings is a healthy Delvin Cook. So yeah. that that changes things a little bit for me where I go, all right, if they have him, at least, you know, Cousins doesn't have to throw for 350 yards and three scores. So uh, I'll just – these are two very evenly matched teams, and I'm going to take the points. Whatever. Uh, let's get on to MNF where we have – what I talked about a little bit last week was this is a division championship game right here for the NFC West. Um, if Seattle were to lose this game to San Francisco, it would put them at seven and three and move, I think, the Niners to nine and zero. And basically, the math would be uh, Seattle would need to win out, and San Francisco would need to go three and four for the Seattle Seahawks to have a chance to win this division. If that if they lose this week, so um, that's not happening. That will not happen. So this really is a division championship game. Uh, we also talked about last week, I asked you the question, hey, are we at a point with this Niners team where we just go, uh, all right, are we treating them like the Rams last year? Are we yeah, doing- uh, 
I said yes. I was, you said yes. I don't. I, I, I and now you now you now you're not. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want me? Do you want me to go ahead or go? Yes, go. So not, I, I know not, what you're saying. I I'm not saying yes. Look, this is a this is a Petey and Russ special right here. I mean, <laughs> Petey is twenty-seven five and one in prime time. Okay, and that and he's also eight and two on Monday nights. Uh, look, I, I know this isn't the Seattle defense of, of old. I, I recognize that, and there's not a whole lot there. They're, they're not hanging their hat on that like they used to. But offense is a bit unreal. Ross is starting his 122nd straight game, which will set a franchise record uh, for starts for Seattle. He leads the NFL with 22 TDs uh, and 118 passer rating. He's the only player since the merger with 22 TDs in one or fewer INTs in the first nine games. Guy's been on fire. Um, I snub. That's an that's an MVP candidate, not Stafford. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, and look, as good as, as the 49ers have been, um, a lot of it has still come against inferior opponents, and they dominated them. So you can play who's in front of you. I, I get it. Um, but I just I, I think this is a PD and Russ special where, where something's going down. I'm I'm Seattle plus six and. I'm teetering on a money line play here too with Seattle. All right, look, I uh, I was on them early in the season. That is the Niners, and uh, I, I went one week and kind of doubted them uh, or said, you know, hey, look, they've been Carolina. great, yeah, Carolina, and then they hammered these guys. I, I mean, like hit, hit, basically hammered them twice in one game in the first half and again in the second half, and it was just like, all right, I. What what am I trying to prove to myself here? This is just they're in that tier that I just brought up, and I just said Seattle's uh, they're two tiers below them. I really if I believe that, sorry, uh, it's it's San Francisco in six points. Uh, I, if I treat the Rams of last year like this, or you know whatever, any given year you're treating the top teams, treating New Orleans like that, I'm treating San Francisco like that. It's it's time. So. Uh, San Francisco minus six, and it gets us into uh, a much needed <laughs> improved play here. <laughs> For me, especially, it is uh, the power five, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go here. All right, it's the Chiefs in Mahomes minus six. It's the Saints. Go making it seven straight wins and covers, minus 13. The Panthers, not going against the 49ers, but going against a, a not as good team in the Green Packers. Same line. Same, same, line. same line. Same line, Panthers. <laughs> Plus five and a half. Uh, continuing with both of my narratives. One being Pittsburgh. Uh, or not, sorry, well, going against the Rams, who I think yep. uh, are, are done. Pittsburgh plus three and a half. And then... Niners. Niners minus six. Uh, already talked about it. They are the last selection in the power five. I'll turn it over to Doctor. All right. So I'm going to open with Baltimore minus 10. Okay. I'll join you on New Orleans minus the 13. Dallas minus three. Going opposite on the Monday nighter. I'm back in. Petey and Russ for Seattle plus six. I can see that. I can I can feel that coming. And I can't believe I'm going to do this, but Cleveland minus <laughs> the three is the other special. I mean, it's just too good to be true. Well, 
Yeah, I, I hope you get burnt. Um, you deserve it. So um, I saved that one for last, just for you after last <laughs> week. That's why I know I know how much that one hurt you. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, I, I talk about it in the open, and it's it's this will be a perfect end uh, to to all of this. So uh, you putting Cleveland in there, um, <laughs> and somehow I think it actually makes sense, which means that's a definite loser, and Buffalo's getting to seven and two. <laughs> so. Um, Look, uh, another excellent week. Uh, we're at the midpoint, and we've, uh, we, you know, we need to get better. And doctor, we'd like to think we got time, but it's it's right now. It's it's getting late, early, as they say. So, um, hey, so regular season coming this week. We've got thirty-five more Power Five games left. That sounds like thirty-five more wins to me, starting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, I, I I would say maybe you know, sixteen for me, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I'm I'm a, I'm you know I, I feel good about this week, and we'll see where it goes. Either way, uh, I think we've had a lot of fun here through half a season, and I'm excited about the rest of it and where we can go. So, um, anything you would like to add here? Uh, another another great uh, another great night. I just like to say uh, go cherries this weekend in the English Premier League. Uh, they got a big one against uh, against Newcastle. The Bournemouth Cherries are uh, climbing their way up the table. Uh, they're at seven right now, so let's uh, let's give them a W for them. All right, I'm gonna definitely edit that out, and um, I just want I just want to throw in there that my Raiders are playing right now. Um, they are leading the Chargers 20 to 17, going for their I think their fifth win. Fifth, so. fifth win, yeah, it'll be big. Fifth win, so um, I'm I'm excited to watch the rest of this game. All right, Doctor, uh, I. I do you even want to say go green this time? Or I don't know. Yeah, let's go go green. Yeah, do All it. right. All right, go green. We'll see you next week. Go green for sure. Don't feel great about it. But hope I'm wrong. Hope Vegas is right. And more importantly, I think it's just a, a much better board of college football this week, highlighted especially with Alabama, LSU, in that great afternoon game. Um, just really excited to watch that. And then in the NFL, as we talked about just a bit ago, Rams and Pittsburgh, Carolina and Green Bay, and then Monday night, that Seattle San Fran matchup, really juicy. They're all in my power five. I don't know how I really feel about that, but uh, either way, it's a nice board of games, and I hope you do enjoy it as much as we do here at Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup, DSRR download. Subscribe, rate, review at Sports Pod Hookup on Twitter and Instagram, um, on iTunes, all that stuff. Anywhere you listen to your podcasts on all your favorite platforms. We'll be back next week. Good luck for your college and NFL midterms. <laughs>